Today's reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 to 16. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he does not understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Eva. Uh, You might have noticed uh, before the service there are some Bibles on the seats. And we're trying to have them out most weeks because it's... It's great for us to be in God's Word ourselves and and be able to follow along. Uh, It's also good to be able to see where where this particular passage, any any given week, fits uh, in terms of the the structure of the whole book. Uh, So I hope that's a help to you. Why don't we pray and then we'll uh, get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Pentecost Sunday. Uh, And in many ways it's, it's fitting we're looking at this passage where we see Uh, the ways that your spirit uh, has been and is at work. The spirit that opens our hearts and eyes and our ears and our minds to you. Please would you do those things uh, even this morning as we come to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning we're thinking about the secret wisdom of God. Uh, I wonder what comes to your mind when when you hear that phrase, the secret wisdom of God. Uh, you might be shocked to know that when I was interviewed for the, the role of minister here at St. Stephen's, they never actually asked me if I had the secret wisdom of God. Can you believe it? And now you're stuck with me. Uh, and I want to begin by pointing out that it's actually not something we, we talk about much. I don't know any Christian who, who uses that phrase in their everyday conversation. What is God's secret wisdom? Uh, I think we'll see this morning that it's it's basically the complete opposite of the world's wisdom. If the world tries to remove God from the equation, God's secret wisdom is his view on things, his knowledge, his understanding, his purposes. And I think Paul calls it a secret wisdom because so few actually had it in his day. Uh, If you've been with us over the last couple of weeks, then you'll know that there have been numerous mentions of this word wisdom. Wisdom has been one of the, the main things Paul has focused on. Uh, in fact, if you, if you look through the first two chapters, the, the word wisdom comes up 14 times. Now, 11 of those times, Paul has mentioned wisdom in a, a very negative way. 
He refers to it as, as worldly wisdom, the, the wisdom of mankind. It's a, a human wisdom. It's a limited wisdom because it's a wisdom that ignores the creator of this world. And he's shown that it's a wisdom that is directly at odds with the message of the cross. Jesus Christ crucified for the sin of the world. That's a message that seems weak to many people. And some in Corinth didn't want a message of weakness. They wanted something more impressive, something that didn't look so foolish. They wanted to see uh, the wise and clever speech. They, they, they wanted to convince people through philosophical arguments or persuasive words. And there's this discontentment growing in Corinth, and it's led to division among other issues. And this letter is, is basically Paul's response to the Corinthian church. After the passages over the, the last two weeks, you could think that Paul hates wisdom altogether. But today he points out there is a wisdom that is actually good, God's secret wisdom. Uh, two things we learn about it. The first thing uh, we learn is, is very straightforward. This is a wisdom that is hidden from us, verses 6 to 9. The second thing, this is a wisdom that God reveals by the Holy Spirit. Verses 10 to 16. So firstly, this is a wisdom that's been hidden from us. Verse 6 begins, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, among mature Christians, not necessarily age-wise, but faith-wise. When a mature Christian comes across this message of wisdom, they recognize it as exactly that. They know it comes from God. It's for their good. But as verse 6 continues, uh, this is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. This wisdom of God is, is very different to the wisdom of this age. It was true in Paul's day, and we know that to be true even today. Tell a non-Christian something that God tells us is wise and, and for our good, and many will consider you a fool. Saving sex for marriage, praying to God and, and asking him for help, living this life in, in preparation for the life to come. All of these things and, and many more are foolish in this day and age. Uh, I was talking to a friend recently about Christians and schooling and some discussions he'd had with, with some other Christians around how to push back against some of the, the things being taught in schools, particularly around identity and gender. And, and he made a great point. Uh, when, a, when a Christian makes an argument and justifies it by claiming it's because they are a Christian or it's because that's what the Bible teaches they're much li less likely to be heard. People almost switch off right away. The wisdom of God isn't easily understood by a non-Christian or even by the wisest rulers of our day. And the reason, as we see, is there in verse 7. God's secret wisdom is a wisdom that has been hidden. Some of the, the greatest minds in the world all through history have failed to see this wisdom because God has hidden it from them. Uh, some of our youth here at St. Stephen's uh, and maybe even some of the adults are, are very talented when it comes to solving Rubik's Cubes. Uh, for them it's an easy solve and probably in a matter of seconds. But for people like me, the chance of solving one of these, is uh, the best chance is to kind of peel off the stickers and rearrange them so the colours match, which doesn't work that well these days with all the, the colours permanently printed on. There's no hope for me solving one, no matter how hard I've tried. 
And when it comes to the secret wisdom of God, for some people it's, it's like me in the Rubik's Cube. It's, it's a mystery that cannot be solved. The wisdom of God has been hidden from them. There will be people who we know, who we think should understand the, the wisdom of God, but never do, or at least haven't yet, because God has hidden it from them. And that's hard to get our heads around and, and hard to get our hearts around as well. But remember, it will be hidden from us too, but for the mercy and grace of God. The message of Christianity seems foolish, while the message of the world seems so attractive. And that's a really important thing for people to remember when we think of what true wisdom is, because there are many things with the appearance of wisdom around us. Some of the most pressing issues raised by society seem wise, but for the Christian we realise there is no wisdom without God. And Paul says in verse 8, None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. Uh, of course, referring to Jesus' death on the cross. As you read through the four gospel accounts of, of the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, you're sometimes left wondering, how did they not get it? These religious leaders who, who knew so much, isn't it obvious uh, isn't it obvious that he's God by all the amazing things he does and the wise things he says? Why would they treat him in that way? No one would crucify the Son of God if they had this wisdom. But it's a wisdom that had been hidden from some people for generations. Verse 9, As it is written, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Now in verse 9, uh, Paul picks up on some of the language of the, the prophet Isaiah from uh, chapter 64, which Paul uses to highlight the grace that God shows to those who love him. Most people were unaware of these things. No, no eye, no ear, no mind, no one. The secret wisdom of God is, is hidden from us all. If we are to know anything about God, then he needs to reveal it to us. Uh, this leads to our second point. The secret wisdom of God is revealed by the Holy Spirit. And we see it there in verse 10. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. Uh, there's a bit of debate over who the, who the us is here, because in chapter 1 Paul said I a lot. In this chapter he says we and, and us a lot. Uh, is it about all Christians or, or is it just about uh, Paul and the apostles? I think initially Paul is talking about himself and the other apostles. And, and in this context, I think it fits. Remember there was this conflict regarding who followed who in the church in Corinth? This is Paul saying, we have authority because God gave it to us, to the apostles, by his Spirit. God's secret wisdom is, is revealed by his Spirit. And in the rest of the passage, we see four ways that show us how this takes place. Firstly, the Spirit is able to reveal it because he knows all things. Verse 11, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Uh, imagine I'm, I'm thinking about something. Uh, pretend that there's, there's some activity going on up here. Uh, I'm sure if I asked you to, to guess what it was, none of you would be able to guess it. I'm fairly, I'm fairly sure you wouldn't even get close. Only we know our own thoughts. No, no one else here does. And how much more true is that 
of God. Only God's Spirit knows his thoughts. The Holy Spirit, he searches all things, even the deep things of God. And that doesn't surprise us because we know he is God. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it's foolish to think we know the thoughts of others. Uh, just, just so you know, I was singing the wheels on the bus go round and round in my head on repeat as I have been for the past week. <laughs> now, it's foolish to think that we know the thoughts of others. How much more foolish would we be to think we could know the thoughts of God? Unless, of course, God were to reveal his thoughts to us. Spirit knows all things. Next, the Spirit gives understanding. Verse 12. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. In life, some people think that everyone gets what they deserve. Uh, those who get good things in life have earned those things. Those who struggle haven't done enough and, and don't deserve any better. But Paul makes an interesting emphasis in this verse. The Spirit helps him and the other apostles understand what God has freely given them. What they now have in Jesus, what Jesus achieved on the cross, it didn't cost Paul anything. It didn't cost the other apostles anything. The Spirit gives Paul the understanding of what God has done for him freely in the person of Jesus. Now as well as knowing all things and, and giving understanding, the Spirit also gives the words. Verse 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. <clears throat> the last part of that verse, words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. That was the power of the message that, that Paul and the other apostles proclaimed. It was the Spirit that gave them the words to say. And that's what we now have in our Bibles. The words that, that Paul and the other apostles spoke have been recorded for us. That's what we have in God's Word. Spiritual truths in spiritual words. Now, these are words that were given to the authors by God. 66 books, about 40 different authors. And what they wrote wasn't according to human wisdom, but God's wisdom, taught by the Spirit. As these words were recorded, it was God who was making sure that Everything he wrote was as he intended. Uh, you sometimes hear people talk about these, these two things, that the inerrancy and the infallibility of the Bible. Uh, inerrancy meaning that the Bible is without error. It makes good on all its claims. And infallibility meaning it will not fail. It will do what God intends for it to do. And it's God's Spirit that ensured this as the apostles were taught by the Spirit given the words by him. And we see that affirmed in places like John 14, uh, verse 26, where Jesus says, The Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That's what the Holy Spirit has done. And the Bible has been preserved for us, and it says exactly what God wants. It does exactly what he intends for it to do. Now, of course, as, as humans, we're tainted by sin, but God's word is not. We don't always get things right when we interpret it, but when it's interpreted rightly, uh, we can be sure that it does what God wants it to do. 
because these are words taught by the Spirit of God. Spiritual words expressing spiritual truths. The final way we see God's secret wisdom revealed by the Spirit. The Spirit illuminates things for us, verses 14 to 16. And here Paul seems to be speaking more generally about those who have the Spirit and those who do not. Verse 14 says, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Without the Spirit of God, it's as if the the lights are off. Someone can hear the good news again and again. We can try and help someone to to kind of get it. They can know all the truths about Jesus, and, and yet some people just won't get it. It will seem like absolute foolishness to them. I think that's a a fair way to describe a number of people before they come to faith. Uh, I can think of my own life growing up in church. Spiritually speaking, though, the the lights were off. I'm sure I I did hear the gospel as I was growing up, but it never really made any sense to me. It was of no interest. But around the age of 19, after returning to church, it, it started to make sense. It's as if the light bulb went on all of a sudden. Christian things that were of no interest were now important and it was I was eager to learn more about Jesus. What was once utter foolishness in my mind now made sense and maybe you've seen a similar change in others or experienced that kind of change yourself. Maybe you've noticed that change in your life over a long period of time. Once struggling with God's wisdom, now all too aware of your need for it. The Spirit illuminates things for us and Without the Spirit, we're incapable of understanding and discerning. Now, verse 15 is, is slightly odd. that The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. Uh, what I don't think he's saying, a person with the Spirit just goes around being judgmental about all the people and all the different situations they come across. But they also shouldn't let anyone judge them in that way. Uh, I think we can be a bit too quick to make unnecessary judgments at times but that's not the intention here what he is saying the spiritual man has been given understanding of the wisdom of God and he is able to judge what is true and what is not he's able to distinguish what God has taught versus what man has made the spiritual man is the one who knows he will face God's judgment and and therefore he isn't afraid of being judged by any man He's the one whose mind has been opened to the truths of God. And we see a great example of this at the end of Luke's Gospel. After Jesus' death, he he appears to the disciples and they're afraid and they don't believe it's him. And Jesus shows them his his hands and feet where the the nails uh, pierced him, but they still don't believe him. Then he says to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And then comes the key part. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. He opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. There is no understanding unless the Spirit of God does that very thing for us. We can read all we like, we can talk about it all we like, but until the Spirit of God opens our minds, there can be no understanding. If the Spirit has done that work in us, we too can say with Paul, we have the mind of Christ. Uh, If not, then maybe we haven't yet seen 
our need for the Spirit of God. So what are we to make of, of this section of, of 1 Corinthians? Well, this has been uh, mentioned by Miriam. Uh, today is Pentecost Sunday, the, the day where we remember God giving his people, the Holy Spirit, uh, all those years ago. And it's a fitting time for us to be thinking about that, some of the things that the Spirit does, this wonderful gift that reveals the wisdom of God to us. And I have three questions for us as we close. Firstly, are you thankful to God for his wisdom? Uh, we see that it's been hidden from, uh, from some and we see the alternative wisdom that the world offers us and it should leave us thanking God. Uh, why not take some time today to, to thank him for his wisdom? Secondly, are you still seeking God's wisdom? The wisdom of the world is everywhere. Human wisdom is hard to avoid. Uh, and on one hand, it's not to be avoided altogether. But it very easily influences us. And it also very easily becomes the thing that influences us the most. Are you making time to feed yourself with God's wisdom revealed to us in the Bible? If we're not doing that, then my guess is it will show itself in the decisions we make and the tra trajectory that our lives are heading. And it's probably nowhere good. If that's you, how can you change things and, and continue to prioritise God's wisdom? What can you do this week to help start that change? Finally, are you praying for God's wisdom for yourself and for others? Because it's the Spirit of God who shows us this wisdom as we trust in Jesus. So are you praying for, for God's Spirit to be at work in you and, and in the lives of those you know? We've seen this as a, a spiritual thing. And therefore it's not uh, our wise logic that will, will give others this wisdom. So we need to pray to God and, and ask Him to reveal it to us. The wisdom of God. It's what the Corinthian church needed uh, to return too, uh, and it's what we need in this world as well. Let me pray that God would grant us these things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your spirit which you have given us as your people. Thank you for revealing to us this wisdom that was once hidden. And please, please would you grant us godly wisdom. Help us to be thankful for your uh, for the work of your spirit in our lives and help us to seek your wisdom and to be prayerful as we do for our sake and the sake of those we know and love and for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.